Hi, neighbors, and welcome to my closet. Yep, this episode is being recorded in my child's three-foot by three-foot closet because I tried recording it previously, and there was just so much echo in the background. So now you're going to listen to me in my closet. Okay. Well, this week's episode, what do you think it's about? It's about the five love languages in children and how they can be used to motivate. I had a breakthrough moment with my child. For weeks, I had been asking her to help me clean her toys, and she just wouldn't comply. Yep, these toys are with me right now in this closet. I tried bribing her with money. Yep, I tried bribing my young child with money, and that doesn't seem to work. Probably because I was bribing her with pennies and you know, she's young and she doesn't quite understand what money means. Or perhaps it was just because it was pennies, but I was doing everything I could to try to get my child to clean her room. Yes, most young children just quite don't understand the concept of money yet. And we're talking, you know, pennies here. I try threatening her. Like, you go clean your room, you go clean your toys right now, right now, right now. But that also didn't work. And then they remembered what Gary Chapman wrote in his book, The Five Love Languages of Children, The Secret to Loving Children Effectively. Hmm. How could I love her effectively and in doing so get her to do things? Gary Chapman theorized that we all experience love and express it in five ways. Gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, and acts of service. Yet everyone has a way that matters most, a love language that matters most, a way in which they feel most love. In going through the day, I realized that my child loves cuddles, hugs, and physical touch. <laughs> if I walk on the ground and all photos while my child sits on my back, then in a few minutes she is ready to do anything that I ask. If we first have a dance party where we hold hands and dance together and sing, then she's all for cleaning the room afterwards or showing love back to me in a way that I would most desire. Currently, I desire very much for her to clean her toys. And if I'm in the closet right now where her toys are, at least she can't get in there and mess them up. This doesn't stop me from telling her, I love you. It doesn't stop me from showering her with gifts every once in a while, spending time with her, or doing stuff with her. I still need to show her love in all the different ways. But what's the one way that makes her most motivated? The one that switches her bad mood from a child who loves messes, and you can tell us, Mommy, I love messes, to one that will gladly clean. It's a love language of physical touch. What a great thing to have discovered about my child at the moment, a year ago. I thought that her most predominant love language was one of the other ones. But, that's not what it is today. I'll be sure to show her plenty of love in her most predominant love language because it brings me rewards too. I get happier, more obedient child. That'll clean her room. How about you? Have you thought about your child and what their predominant love language might be? The one that will serve to flip their mood like a switch? The one that would take your child from being unwilling to try any new food to being a little more agreeable in their food choices? 
the one that would be most likely to take away their temper tantrum and replace it with more eagerness when it comes to coming to the meal timetable. In honor of Valentine's Day that just passed, I wanted today's episode to be about love. In fact, I want to talk about your child's five love languages. Let's define the way that your child most wants to receive love from you. As parents or as mothers whose children have challenges around food or feeding, I also want to discuss how a child that feels loved may be more amenable to feeding. Hi, neighbors on this feeding journey. I'm Dr. Efka with the Feeding Handbook. I empower mothers whose young children have challenges around food, a limited variety of safe foods, loss of appetite, or medical symptoms that may contribute to fear feeding. As a family physician turned life coach whose own child struggle with feeding, I get you. My mission is to guide you on this feeding journey in an actionable, research-based way as I've been there, I've done that. I have the marks to prove it, and I want to help take away your fear and confusion. You've been feeling overwhelmed with a child who's challenging infant behavior, picky eating, and feeding to origin feeding or Vision, sensitive or food allergies, including advice. It's your time to feel different. Let's do this. Just remember, this is an opinion-based education, and I'm not your doctor or feeding therapist. Go see your regular medical professional. This episode is sponsored by my free course on how to feel better. It's free. You might be feeling scared, overwhelmed, confused by a child who has challenges around food or eating. Let me show you how to turn the fear into courage, the confusion into understanding, and the overwhelm into momentum. The course is free. It's available on my website, the website of the feeding physician. Now back to my episode. What will we discuss today? I'm first going to help you to figure out the five ways through which you are showing your child how much you love them. I'm then going to show you which love language your child seems to crave most currently. I'm going to show you how showing your child lots of displays of affection in our love language might help you with the feeding. Are you ready? First, let's discuss the ways in which you are already showing different love languages to your child. I'm going to go through the five different love languages just to kind of introduce you to them. Or you may already know about them, but I'm going to share them with you anyway. So, one through five. Number one. When you allow your child to climb all over you and allow them to constantly be in your physical space, even if it's while you're roughhousing, you are showing them the love language of physical touch. Number two. When your child has trouble throwing out things they haven't touched in ages and you let them keep them, when your child asks for a present or other small gift and you oblige, you are showing them the love language of gift giving. Maybe because I didn't love my father throughout all the toys. I was actually practicing gift giving. I just wanted her to clean them. Number three. When you tell your child how much you love them, when you gossip to a stuffed animal, a stuffed animal or to another family member about how much you love this one thing about your child, he's really nice. She likes to help make then we are showing the love language of words of affirmation. Number four. When you serve your child by fluffing their pillows, fixing their broken toys, or doing what they ask you to do within reason, you are showing the love language of acts of service. <coughs> Number five. When you play with your child or when you give them undivided attention, I'm you, mommy. you are showing... <laughs> 
A week later, she made the same meal for Amy. She took the same painstaking amount of time. She really worked hard in creating Amy's favorite meal. Again, she sat Amy down in front of the table, and again, Amy refused to come eat with her. <laughs> now, Amy's mom thought, What in the world is going on? Then she realized, Hey, I remember reading Gary Chapman's book above the five love languages. I had a vision of Amy's love in all of the other ways today. Well, Amy's mom was doing an act of service for Amy. She wasn't spending quality time with Amy. She was cooking by herself. She wasn't physically touching Amy and giving her lots of hugs and kisses. She wasn't praising Amy for her interest in a particular meat. Instead, she seemed rather troubled by Amy not wanting to come to the dinner table unless her favorite meal was served. Amy's mom had an idea. A week later, she again made Amy's favorite meal, like for the third time. She again practiced the act of service and perhaps even gave a gift of the favorite meal. Yet this time, she she did things a little bit differently. This time, she asked Amy to cook her favorite meal with her. They got to spend quality time together. She praised Amy and her cooking skills. Good job, Amy. You did cook with me so well. She showed Amy some physical affection by hugging her. Then, when it was time to eat, she again brought the meal to the dinner table. This time, she again asked Amy to eat with her. And what did Amy do? She went to the dinner table and ate her meal. Amy's emotional love tank felt more and she was happier. I wanted to stress this again. Before you can get to a place where your child's happy to receive love in her primary love language, her emotional love tank needs to be somewhat full with the other love languages too. In his book, Gary Chapman talks about a stressed out mom who felt like she was often arguing with her child. Trying to bring more peace to the situation, she gave her child a baseball as she thought that his love language was that of gift giving. She thought, I couldn't think of a gift that my child would love more than a baseball. She gave the baseball to her son and he said, Thanks. However, a few hours later, she found the baseball in the toilet bowl. The next day, she found it in the garbage. No good explanation given for this. Then, the mom thought, I've read Gary Chapman's book. Perhaps my son's emotional tank feels so empty from all of our conflicts that giving, giving is not enough to fill him up with love. Perhaps there's something else that I need to do to bring more peace to the relationship. Then, for a few weeks, she also spent quality time with her son around bedtime and tried out other love languages. Then she again tried the experiment of gift-giving. This time, she gave her son a baseball bat, and this time, her son seemed genuinely happy for having received this gift. He hugged his mom, and their relationship seemed more peaceful. When children are young, they need to be given love in all of the love languages. When children are going through a phase where they are arguing more with their family or seem more stressed, they need to be given love in all of the love languages. However, if their love tank is mostly full and you are sure on time, then the concept of the primary love language comes in handy. 
There might be one specific way of receiving love that makes them feel more special than other ways, perhaps as a gift-giving, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, or physical touch. As children get older, perhaps by the time they're like five, six, seven, you might start to notice that they seem to show love to others more frequently in one of those love languages. This is how you might be able to figure it out. Ready? Get out a sheet of paper, paper. Write down on a sheet of paper each of the five love languages. Once again, they are as follows. And I'm going to ask you to do this for about a week. So again, you want to write down the love languages. You absolutely each one on a different page because every day you're going to put the date and time that you observe your child asking for you to give them love in that love language or where they seem to be giving that love language themselves. So let's go through all the five love languages. Uh, the gift giving, the quality time, the access service, the words of affirmation, the physical touch, and kind of give you a sense of how they may be displayed. Number one, gift giving. Your child makes presents for you. Perhaps they draw you pictures and present them to you throughout the day. Perhaps they seek getting physical rewards or presents for good behavior. Their favorite activity might be going shopping with you. Number two, quality time. Your child asks for you to read them extra bedtime stories at bedtime. Whenever you are home, they ask to play with you. They're following you around, they're playing with you. They often ask for one-on-one -on -one attention. Number three, acts of service. You're probably already doing all kinds of acts of service for your child. Yes, this child wants even more from you. They ask for your help with learning something new. They ask you to do even more things with them. Number four, words of affirmation. Your child asks you to compliment them in some way. If they do something special, they might ask you to comment on it. Plus, they want to be told quite often how much you're loved or how much they're wonderful or beautiful, whatever they want to be told. Number five, physical touch. Your child rushes to touch you as soon as you get home from work or from somewhere else. They often curl in your lap and want to be held. They ask for kisses and hugs. They are quite affectionate themselves. So if every day for a week, write down when your child shows you one of these love languages, Right on the date and time and kind of keep track of them. See which one seems to be happening more often in that you're more giving it more than often and they're also doing things for you using more of that love language. Of course, your prob child probably does all of these things. So you're going to, as you go through the week, you'll notice that they're, they're act requesting for love and they're acting loving towards you in all these love languages. They're seeking out physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service, and quality time. And that's why I asked you to write them down. Spend the next week writing down each and every time that you notice your child trying to communicate with you using one of the love languages. By the time that the week is over, you might see a pattern develop. You might have a better sense of your child's love language. You may have narrowed down your child's love language to one or two primary ones. Or perhaps you've only been able to narrow it down to the like favorite four. That's okay. Not everyone has just one primary love language. Also, as children get older, their primary love languages may become more apparent. Right now, if your child is still young, the love languages might still switch and they may be more subtle because your child just needs love much of the time. 
What do you do now? What if your child comes to you feeling sad or blue, and you want to show them even more love? You think that the emotional love tank is mostly full, but you'd like to show them even more love, and you don't have crazy amount of time to give it. So what way can you use to show them love? What way can you use to help soften the blow? Let me give you an example of what softening the blow may look like from the perspective of your child having challenges around food or feeding. Let's say that your child went to a birthday party where the birthday cake had their food allergen. They couldn't eat it with their friends. Your child felt bad because they couldn't have the birthday cake. What can you do? In a situation like this, you might try to shower them with love in one of the current primary love languages. This may help them feel loved despite the disappointment. You might give them a hug to say that they still love them even though they can't eat a particular birthday cake. You might do an act of service by making them an allergy-friendly cake on their very own particular party. You might give them that allergy-friendly cake as a gift. You might shower them with extra praise. You might give them extra one-on-one attention while everyone else is enjoying the birthday cake. And by doing these things, or even just one of these things, you're showing them more love. In these ways, you're helping their, their emotional tank to continue to feel fun. Now, you might be asking yourselves, why does it matter if I keep my child's emotional love tank full or not? That's a very good question. You're helping to provide your child with unconditional love. By doing so, you are building a stronger foundation between your child and you. You're helping to prevent passive-aggressive relationships from developing in the future. These relationships can later divide the family. Plus, you're helping your child to then want to show more affection towards you and to stay more behaviorally motivated. Remember how my child is more likely to clean her room or sit at the dinner table if her emotional love tank is full? All right, that's enough for now, my neighbors. Any questions? If you do have questions, you can submit them with by submitting a comment on my YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, give this episode a like when it shows up there. It might be a moment. And comment on it. I'll try to comment right back. If you listen to this podcast, just go to my website for the Feeding Physician, Dr. Evka, the Feeding Handbook. All of these will currently take you to the same place. You can reach out to me by getting on my mailing list subscribing to my free course. Thank you so much for another episode of the Feeding Handbook Podcast. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Feeding Handbook Show.